0: Broadcasting worldwide on internet radio.
1: Refreshing takes on legal strategies.
0: Straightforward answers to difficult tax questions.
1: Independent ideas on building wealth. The Refresh Your Wealth Show with Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen.
0: Previously recorded with Mark as the host of The Mark Kohler Show.
1: Enjoy this fresh take on strategies to better live the American dream.
0: everyone to today's show. Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen here, ready to rock your world and talk about small business strategies, building wealth, saving taxes, and today, talk about marketing. Matt, you got your marketing hat on? You ready to rock and roll?
2: I got my marketing hat on, and I got my marketing sunglasses on, too. Yeah, because the future's bright, Mark.
0: <laughs> oh, that was nice. See, I I don't even think of those things before the show. You totally... Dude, how did you practice that one this morning? No, that one just or flew that, off. You know, just flew seriously. Off. Gosh, yeah.
2: Man, I it, mean, you know. sometimes you hit them, sometimes, sometimes they flop. Yeah. Though,
0: let's be honest. No, that's impressive. You know, you're like Just Call Saul. You can just, they just, those little quips just fall right off your tongue. It's amazing. <laughs> right. So, I I do want to I do want to admit now I am on my fourth episode of Just Call Saul and I am Better loving call, it. Just Call Saul. Better Better Call Call Saul, Saul. sorry. I wanted to say just call Sorry, Better Call Saul. Yeah, just, gosh, great show. It's awesome. Dude, there's only
2: 10 episodes in the first season. That's the biggest bummer. Mm. So once you get to the ten episode, you're like, the season's already over? It's pretty good, though. For us lawyers, we like to see the life of, you know, other lawyers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it's not Bright Lights, Big City, that's for sure. The, the life of Albuquerque, New Mexico
2: Exactly. <laughs>
0: I, I don't think Albuquerque's ever been
2: Bright lights in big city but
0: No, no You know, and it's uh, The life of the lawyer is very different than the life of the accountant Boy, are we excited tax season's over April 15th uh, I, uh, gosh yeah, I want to say thank you to my amazing team Back in uh, Cedar City Our own little India, working away We're just shutting doors, <laughs> throwing food Under the door, just working them No, they've been awesome. I, I Matt, I had this actually very unique experience. I went to one of my clients who's a podiatrist here in, in uh, Orange County, and uh, yeah, for that foot thing you got going on, it's gross. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, let me just be clear. This is not a foot fungi issue. Yeah, no, this is is just plain old pain. Too many of me, you know, trying to be a weekend warrior playing basketball or jogging. Uh, Let's be clear about that. So anyway, uh, <laughs> I went to go see my podiatrist, who's my a client of mine, and of course, I went to see him the week before the April 15th deadline, which I've learned now is not mm-hmm. a good idea. Um, of course, his tax deposit and tax, you know, and we're saving a ton of taxes, but it, but he's still paying a big bill, you know, because right. you, you live here in California, you know, there's no fun paying taxes. So he he was commiserating about, you know, how his tax bill was just not what he felt was fair, you know, and uh mm-hmm. and I apparently needed a shot of cortisone in my foot. Um and this is his chance to get back at the tax man, apparently.
2: Right. So yeah. uh he
0: didn't yeah, he did not use enough anesthetic whatsoever and he just loved just sticking it in there. He goes, "How's it feel now, Mark?" You know, no, he didn't say that. But, uh. <laughs> So uh, yeah, I, I told him I said the I'm the not IRS. coming back during huh? tax season. He's th- <laughs> yeah, it's not good.
2: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well I know a lot of people are feeling pain out there after April fifteenth and sending a lot of money to the IRS. You know, some people are lucky enough to get money back and for those of you who are, I just want to celebrate in your you know in your happiness right now, but uh yeah.
0: let's celebrate them, Mark, okay? Let's celebrate that. Now, and I will say this, you know, a lot of people think, you know, oh, I'm getting money back. I'm, I'm loving it, you know. I'm like, hold it. If you're getting money back, that means you gave them too much money during the year. The real question is, what is your effective tax rate? How much tax-free cash flow did you take home? And how much? what is your real tax rate on the money you're living on? And uh, so I try to keep people's eye on the ball. Getting a refund, that just means you're getting money back from loaning your money interest-free to the IRS. So let's... Let's, uh, right. let's think tax rate, you know, just just throwing that out there. Fair enough. I'm, fair I'm, enough. A, I'm a glass half full kind of guy, and I want to find that that happy medium. So, hey, mm-hmm. well, let's talk about the newsletter real quick. Before we bring out some of our tipsters, we've got a great guest coming in here at the bottom of the hour, uh, Whitney Keys, uh, talking about five ways to amp up your marketing and accelerate your business. I'm blessed enough to have an incredible partner, Matt Sorensen here, who just loves marketing. He and I get together and it's really not debating the last supreme court case it's debating what could we do better with you know linkedin or some sort of marketing strategy so we love to talk marketing we're excited to have Whitney with us here a little later in the show but matt there's some uh some good stuff in the newsletter oh there's a lot of there's a lot of juicy nuggets in the newsletter this this week
2: uh <laughs> full of full of great articles but uh you know i i had one just uh, to give a, a quick little mention on on joint venture agreements. A lot of people use joint venture agreements and uh, real estate investments, business startups, um, you know, going in on a venture or an event or whatever it may be with another party and getting a joint venture agreement done is something that um, definitely can help protect you and document the relationship. So, um, and even, you know, fortune 500 companies are using joint venture agreements and different things they're doing. So um, I provide a great little article trying to summarize that and when to use it um, to just, uh, be on the lookout for, and, and Mark, you're you're delving into Bitcoin, huh?
0: Marketing yeah, I, I, you know, I didn't... Bitcoin. Do you own yeah, Bitcoin, I didn't. by the way? I do not own a Bitcoin, do you?
2: No, but I kind of want to, just, you know, to, it's like uh, just to have that notch on my belt. I don't know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> It'd be cool to make a belt buckle out of it. There you go, just make a belt buckle <laughs> out right. of it. I wonder it's how right. big they are. They look they look big, but they're probably tiny. I don't even know, but... um. Uh, that's how kind of embarrassing. <laughs> well, I, I shouldn't say an an that after writing an article. Think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. There's nothing you can actually touch or hold. Yeah, you know, but uh, that's right. But
2: if we could make a belt of it, it'd be pretty cool.
0: That's right. That's right. Um, I yeah, I didn't expect that article to come um, I, I, to write an article on Bitcoin. It just came out of nowhere because I was talking about bartering for goods and services, and of course Bitcoin came up. So, folks, if you are bartering for you know, trade trading. Here, I'll do this for you. You do it for me. Um, that's taxable. You got to be careful. Make sure that uh, if you're uh, if the IRS is look, IRS is looking over your shoulder, that you're careful with bartering and Bitcoin. Um, they, it is tax. They are taxable transactions. So check out that article. Um, good stuff there. And um, we also recorded a webinar last week on the APS. A receivership. So for anybody affected by the American Pension Services uh, lawsuit out of Salt Lake City, uh, the link is there on the newsletter, and you can go listen to that. Um, please, I, I say this humbly, if you uh, still have questions after that webinar, and it's packed with info, uh, set up a consultation. Uh, be, please don't uh, deluge Matt and I with some emails. We were <laughs> expecting free help. It's a, it's a big topic, so uh, set up a consult with us. And, uh, of course, right at the top of the newsletter is my new book that literally is hitting the, the shelves this week of yeah. Amazon. Does Amazon have shelves? I don't know. It's hitting the shelf of Amazon. Can you say that? Yeah, it's the, uh, you know, shelves in the cloud. I don't know. You know, but yeah,
2: hey, I did get my copy of Entre- Entrepreneur Magazine recently. saw the full-page spread there on the tax and legal playbook. Cool are getting a little, little PR going out on
0: it. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. I think if many of you have bought my uh, uh, Asset Protection Lawyers or Liars book or what your CPA isn't telling you, you'll find these 28 strategies bringing um, those books together in kind of a workbook st- uh, format with uh, case studies, uh, a little bit of humor, um, so lots of diagrams. So folks, uh, you can read it from start to finish or just the chapter that you need to focus on. Uh, 28 game-changing strategies. So, please get on, on Amazon, pick up a copy on Kindle, or at the least, I, I think you'll love it. And uh, and leave me a review or uh, order the book. Uh, we'd love to. I'd love to sign it and send it off to you. So, uh, Mr. Matt Sorensen, I guess uh, I guess we should mention the upcoming events. Uh, I want to just throw this out. We've we've tried to give back to you, our clients, and find ways for you to deduct your trip to Hawaii. So we're really involved with an attorney over there, Jarrett McConniss, and a local uh, business club. Every uh, third Thursday of the month, they meet. This coming Thursday is a meeting about protecting your assets, and we provide a lot of back office support for Jarrett McConniss. So for those of you listening in Hawaii, uh, please get over there. To the the workshop, the links there on the newsletter, and if anybody is traveling to Hawaii, this is a great opportunity. When you're over there, to stop into a business club, get a little bit of training, take the family, try to find a write-off, do your corporate meeting. It's a great time to have your board of directors meeting and go to a club meeting. So check that out. Good stuff. Just call us. Well, yeah.
2: I know, you know, you're giving out all this information. Or, you you know, if you don't want to go all the, all the way to Hawaii, you can go to Randy Lubke's workshop in Southern California. It's not a bad place to
0: go either. No, good stuff. Um, what I love about Randy's workshop is he has uh, a lot of the social security strategies that many people don't know about, that you can actually make special elections on when to take social security and actually increase your social security benefit and – uh, th- those workshops are going to be fantastic. So if you can make it to Southern California, or if you're in the area, check out that link on that workshop. It's, they're not for a couple more two three weeks, but uh, at least you can put it on your calendar during the evenings and on a Saturday. Well, Matt, who should we have as our tip first here? You make the call. You're in control. Well, let, let's
2: uh, let's bring out Lee. You know, and, and Lee's got a legal tip for us, and um, hopefully we got some something. You know, we can find out whether
1: something's legal or not. I don't know, Lee. Are you there. Hi, good, good, good morning, gentlemen. It's good to be on the show. All right, Lee. Well, what do you got for us? You got a legal tip? Well, yeah. Um, I and and usually what I want to uh, talk about is stuff that I've been seeing recently, and and this is something we see all the time. It's uh, you know, when partners get into a dispute about the business. Um, you know, eventually they they try to protect certain things and uh, there's usually litigation about trade secrets. And so I just wanted to, you know, and a lot of uh, the clients that come in when they do do these partnership disputes haven't really done what um, they should be doing in terms of protecting what could be a trade secret, you know, like their customer information or designs or or videos or stuff like that so i just wanted to talk about you know what you need to do if you want to get some protection um that you know a a particular you know information is yours and should not be used by others what you should be doing all right well i I think this is a great topic because i know a lot of people think
0: legally they can just say well sign my dnr you know uh uh, and uh, they can. Sorry, DNR.
2: My <laughs> DNR. Do not do resuscitate. Not
0: resuscitate. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking NDA, non disclosure agreement. Uh, see, I do have to throw that out. I mean, that I I just had a flashback to. Uh, um, uh, just call Saul. Or sorry, um, better call. Saul. Uh, Better call Saul because uh, he, he quoted an NDR and an NDA in the same show, which was the episode I watched last night. So I apologize for that. Folks, you're going to have to get out and watch that. But uh, an NDR is a do not resuscitate. We are talking about an ND, a, a non-disclosure agreement, NDA. So, uh, yeah, just signing a contract to have people not disclose this uh, information is one method. But you've gotta be, you really got to lock that down and be cautious, too. Tell us what we should, our clients should be thinking about.
1: Yeah, so basically, uh, you know, a trade secret can be, you know, anything, any type of information that um, gives the business value because you only know about it. And it's not something that someone else knows. So it could be a compilation of, you know, names, customer lists, you know, Coke's formula, you know, KFC's 11 herbs and spices. You know, those have been trade secrets for hundreds of years. Um, But the main thing is, is you got to take steps to keep it secret. So, um, and w- when we get into litigation, a lot of um, clients they're not able to prove th- these policies and the steps that they've taken to keep it secret. They just, you know, they have it on their computer. Everybody can access it. You know, it, it, it uh, you know, just information that everyone can can see. But then when, you know, someone tries to take off with it when they leave the employment or a partner leaves, then they want to say, oh no, it's my it's my you know personal it's my intellectual property um but if you haven't gone through the procedure um of keeping it you know preserving that right then it's going to be very difficult when you get into litigation so really the secrecy is the key so mark you mentioned one thing you know having the um non-disclosure agreements confidentiality agreements having written policies so that everybody who gets into who has access to this knows that you know it's supposed to be you know um on a need to know basis Um, you know, keeping it um, secure, you know, having passwords or, you know, keeping in a locked file cabinet under lock and key where, you know, it's under a need to know basis. Those are the types of policies that you need to, you know, give to me if this ever becomes a litigation issue so that I can prove that, hey, this person should not be using this information because it is a trade secret. And here's why. And so I have this evidence that I can show.
2: Hey, Lee, at, at what point someone, you know, someone's starting up a business or at what point should someone take these steps? Um, I think some people obviously overlook this and and never come back to it, but when would you tell someone to take this into account and get this document completed?
1: And that's that's the, the, the key question, Matt, I think, because most um, – a lot of people – fail to um, realize that at at the very beginning, if they have an idea and they want to promote this idea, they need to start taking steps at that point to protect their rights to it. So whether it is an NDA or whether, you know, once you start getting customers, if you're bringing in partners, if you're bringing in employees who are going to have access to this, you want to protect it, that's when you really need to start thinking about, you know, okay, um, uh, do I need to set some sort of protocol for using this information, for uh, securing this information, stuff like that. Yeah, thanks. Very uh, very common topic, I
2: think. As an attorney, we hear about it a lot of this issues on this happening with people in their business that could be solved or at least better managed by an agreement. So um it's not one of these, you know, one in a million things that could happen to you. This does happen a lot. So uh thanks for the update and tip on that.
1: Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Thanks, thanks Matthews. <laughs>
0: Yeah, great tip, Lee. Appreciate you coming on, folks. That's Lee Chen. He's our uh, attorney for the California office, and you can reach him by uh, via email, Lee L E E at kkoslawyers.com. He can help you with a non-disclosure agreement and some procedures that could help you in this situation. Thanks, Lee. Oh,
1: well, my pleasure.
0: Um, I also want to point out again that this is the type of situation where two I perce- a two-pronged approach is so important. Let me summarize it with this this way for our listeners. Having the agreement that someone has a confidentiality agreement and non-disclosure agreement and here's the liquidated damages and we can sue you and we can come after you, great, get the agreement done. But then you internally, you cannot throw caution to the wind. Make sure that only those people that need passwords to certain databases have those passwords. Regularly change them and be cautious what you're sharing with internal personnel. So, so important. So, a great topic uh, that Lee brings up now for our, our tax tip even though it's tax season is over I would say at least 60 percent of our clients extend I know many of you listening have extended your tax returns and you want to continue to drum up uh, strategies for last year or what can I do in 2015 so I don't screw up my taxes and I can save more taxes this coming year uh, we've got boy one of our, I was, I was thinking it was his debut show, but apparently not. I was out of town when Matt had him on before, but we've got Rick Taylor, one of our up-and-coming superstars in the firm, a CPA for many years, and we we're just so grateful to have him here with us. Uh, Rick, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Mark. It's good to be here.
2: Yeah, he's he's just well, not a think? first-time tipster, Mark. He's a he's a second-time caller. I'm an
3: old veteran here. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a... <laughs>
0: hey, Mark. I like color.
2: it. Love the show. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, you know, I have to forewarn you here. I, it was funny. I called Rick earlier today and said, hey, I hear you're coming on the show for the first time. Now You've got to keep this funny and light. No one wants to hear a boring CPA. And he's like, Mark, hey, this, 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 those are high standards. You've got to be careful here. This, we're CPAs. <laughs> that, that, you know, that's we're a not." Big
3: demand, big demand. That's right. <laughs>
0: so sorry about that. So the pressure's on here. So, uh, it, But no I'm lawyer it. jokes. You cannot tell a lawyer joke. So. Oh, I don't even know any lawyer jokes. So we'll hit there. Uh, yeah, don't get um, our listeners started. They'll they'll type some up and send them to us. Yeah, there you go. There you go.
3: Well, um, as you mentioned, tax season's now over, so um I'm actually sleeping at night now. Um but as accountants we learn um the life is all about deadlines. We move from one deadline to the next. Um so the next next deadline that um we need to have on our radar, at least some people, is the June thirtieth deadline. Um and maybe some people don't even know about this deadline. It's the it's the F bar deadline. So that that's what I want to talk about um just real briefly today is is F bars. Um F bars are your foreign account. Um if you have a foreign account over a certain limit, um, that's
0: not your cause name. That. that's something else. <laughs> 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 I was just gonna say this I was like this is FCC regulated here. What are we throwing down, you know, a Howard Stern show <laughs> level here? Uh the F bar. I we've all heard of the F word, but the F bar. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, it's something a little bit different. That's where we got go much but a little hour. bit. <laughs> all right. So,
3: so, so uh, the the uh the rule is if if you've got um foreign bank accounts over $10,000, if they if they exceed $10,000 at any time during the year, you're required to file a report. Um, and what a lot of people don't know is that report isn't actually an IRS report. Um, it's, it's with the Department of Treasury, but it's, it's a, different, a different department within the Department of Treasury. Um, and that, that report gets filed separately from a tax return. And the, the deadline for that report is June 30th. Um, and what people need to understand is that that's a hard deadline. You cannot extend it. Um, and if you don't do it in that time, then you're 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 subject to penalties um, potentially. Um, so that's that's what I wanted to to briefly run by. Just if you have if you have any sort of foreign um, accounts, um, even if you don't think you're required to file the FBAR, Please let your accountant know. Let us know that there's something out there, and we can look at it and make sure that you're you're in compliance. Um, the penalties for not being compliant with these things are, are huge. Um, you don't you don't want to get caught in the penalty situation. Um, I actually had a a client recently that um, married an American. She was from out of country, married an American um, for 15 20 years. She had these these foreign accounts that she had no idea she was even required to report anything. And um, she comes to us, something something um, brings it up, and so we start asking questions. turns into this huge thing. She ends up owing a whole bunch of penalties, and it, it, was, it was a bad situation. We got her all compliant now, and everything's good to go going forward, but it was quite messy to, to try to clean it up. So if you've got something out there, please, please let us know.
0: Well, I think... Uh with the Patriot Act 1 and 2 and nine eleven and all this concern about terrorist activity and having bank accounts all over the country or all over the world, um, we have to realize it's uh, it's a world economy. The world's our yeah. backyard when it comes to banking. So uh, we've got a full disclosure That's right. in
3: the U.S. That's right. Yeah, and if you don't, you're… You're subject to penalties, and they're they're not fun
2: penalties. Yeah, and
3: just to be clear, just to, I mean the F bar, you're not paying anything.
2: You're just disclosing
3: what assets you have. So that's it's exactly not right. Not causing
2: a return a tax payment. It's just a right. disclosure.
3: Right. That's a very good point to make as well. Um, it's just it's just the IRS and the Department
0: of Treasury's thirst for information. That's all it is. Okay. Well, that's a great. It's. Uh, I'm glad you brought this up. I did not put that deadline on the newsletter. Uh, this week, and so Matt and I, we got to remember to do that next uh, Monday. Make sure the newsletter highlights that. And if anybody needs to get a hold of you, Rick, you can help them with this.
3: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I've done quite a few F bars in my day,
0: so. one, <laughs> <Well>, but <laughs> I don't know if I want to touch that one, but I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Just go, uh, share a little TMI right there, but. Okay. Well, good for (laughs) you. (laughs) Yeah, good for you. I'm very proud of it too. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you need an F bar, uh, and that is not a protein bar, uh, give uh, Rick a call (laughs) at the home office. Uh, You know how to reach us. Send us an email, Mark at at markjcoller.com. Matt at kqs lawyers or Rick. That's R-I-C-K at ke dash dot com. We'll, uh, we'll help you out. Thanks, Rick. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Rick. Bye. All right. Well, I need to hit – before we get our our special guest on the line here, I want to hit one more important tax deadline. And, it, and this is one that I've – gosh, I sent out three emails to my team at 5 o'clock yesterday because it was just a flurry of um, activity. If you have an S-Corp, if you have employees, it's the end of April – It's the end of first quarter reporting for your payroll. So if any of you on listening to this call, and I know you're out there, there's hundreds if not thousands of you that have have an S corporation and you're using it for your operational business and you're saving on self-employment tax, you're saving on Obamacare. I've got countless videos on, on this over the years, and Matt and I talk about it repeatedly. The S corporation is a wonderful way to save on taxes, but there's a catch. You have to at least report a little bit of payroll quarterly. The IRS does not want this report at the end of the year, and then you disappear the next you know, nine months. Uh, this is not a good thing. You want to stay in touch with them. They're like a, a girlfriend. You don't you know, just drop in you know, once in a while. You've got to give them a call. Make them feel special. This is what the IRS wants. So this payroll report is due in April, and it's due by April 30th. So you've got to claim your payroll, send in a little bit of tax, and that allows you to pay a lot less tax at the end of the year. So anybody uh, the out with an S-Corp or employees, if you have employees, you're already dealing with this. But if you're an S-Corporation, you and or your spouse, get that payroll done. And Matt, this is a great opportunity because this opens the door for the solo 401k. I mean, this is it's not a bad thing.
2: That's right. That's right. Yeah. If you're doing your payroll and you're making money, getting wages, you should have a 401k. Why not? And we got a great webinar on uh, our sister website, navbrs.com, which you can uh, – Check that out to uh, learn more about it, or call the office. We can get you some details on
0: how to use the solo K. Yeah, good stuff. Well, okay, we are going to uh, turn to our marketing topic. Um, Matt, do you mind if I take the honors here to introduce our special guest today?
2: Yeah, please do.
0: No, I (laughs) – well (laughs) – I, I I'm really excited to have Whitney on the line. This is Whitney Keys for those that have just joined us. We're gonna be talking about marketing for the next uh you know, good half hour potentially here. We'll see how it goes. Uh this is a really important topic for small business owners because there's big business marketing strategies and there's small business marketing strategies and there's things that you can be doing daily, weekly, monthly to help increase your sales. And so we're, we try to dedicate a show to this on a regular basis, and we'll likely have an expert with us today. Uh, Whitney is the author of the book Propel, colon, so Propel, Five Ways to Amp Up Your Marketing and Accelerate Your Business. Over the past 20 years, she's uh, worked as a senior Microsoft manager, strategic advisor for American Express, and a marketing consultant to thousands of individuals and organizations around the world. She's also the winner of the Small Business Administration—that's the SBA's 2013 Woman in Business Champion of the Year Award for Washington State—and has been helping business owners around the co- uh, country increase sales with proven techniques. So we're excited to have her with us here, and I'm ready to amp up my marketing strategy. Uh, Whitney, welcome to the show. Thanks so
4: much, Mark and Matt. Nice to talk with you both.
0: Yeah, thank you for being on. Excited for the
2: topic today, and excited to learn more about your book as well. I'm looking here. Um, I'm like, I need to buy this book. (laughs) It's like like a good book.
4: Well, I hope so. Yeah, it's got just as Mark was saying, it's got a lot of different ideas and strategies for primarily smaller businesses, but I also wrote it with a corporation in mind as well.
0: Well, Matt and I are huge. Uh, We are dedicated to marketing. Um, I've mentioned this in some recent shows. We just did a a show about being creative and how, whether it was systemization or production or sales, how important creativity was. And I mentioned to our listeners that both Matt and I carry around our marketing plan with us in our strategic plan uh, in a little binder that goes with us everywhere. So whenever we have a meeting, we talk about our marketing strategies. And so I've got my marketing strategy uh, little folder open right now to take notes. I want to encourage any of you listening today, uh, to please take notes during the show, and if you have a question uh, for Whitney, please call in it 's six four six two zero zero four two eight five six four six two zero zero four two eight five and Whitney i just I just want to ask I, I mean when you get a, a, a new small business owner and they 're ready to to jump into that marketing topic uh, what 's the first thing you tell them that you've got to be doing if you're going to market. I mean, I know I know you've got these five ways, but sometimes they got to get started with some foundational marketing. What, what do you recommend?
4: Well, I'm so impressed and blown away that you guys are walking around with marketing plans, not in your pocket, but in an actual binder. And that is one of the first things that I tell people to do. I think so often in business, people have great ideas. You mentioned that you focus on a lot of creative ideas, and it's very true when it comes to marketing. You can do events and social media and reach out to the press. You guys had mentioned that you got some great publicity, it sounded like, in ma- in um, one of the business magazines. But the challenge is you've really got to narrow down all that creativity and excitement and get focused on your business goals. So that's really where I start. And I really start with is, you know, your business is all about kind of living the dream. And I really ask people, what is their dream? What's their vision of where they're trying to take their business? Because, for example, you might have a restaurant owner who's really happy just managing a small family business in his town, for example, and, and having tables that seat 30 people, and, and that's enough, and that's that person's long-term dream. But you might have another tour. who's got big dreams of having a national brand, you know, or packaging up her spaghetti sauce and selling them in grocery stores on the shelves. And so, those are very different dreams. So, we've got to kind of start with that, where someone's trying to go, and then work backwards. How do we make a marketing plan that strategically sets them up for success, how they define it?
2: So, I'm looking through your book, Whitney. I, the, You know, some of the content in there was something that really strikes me that I feel like I need to learn and understand this better. As you talk about reaching the right people at the right time and in the right way, um, maybe we can just start at least on the right people and identifying how do you know who the right people are you should be marketing to, and we might, and we might touch on those other ones. But um, maybe you can elaborate on right right people, right time, right way.
4: Sure. Yeah. Part of that has to do with what's your story and what message are you trying to share. And I used to work at Microsoft, as, as Mark mentioned at the top of this conversation. And even a large company like Microsoft has multiple audiences, multiple groups of people that they're trying to reach. So you've got to really get clear on who the right group or individual person is so that your messages resonate with them. For example, I was working with a business the other day that has a product that's designed for kids. And so that business owner was was talking about, no, yeah, we need to reach kids, we need to talk to kids, we need to be on social media for kids. But the age group that they were talking about were 8- to 10-year-olds, and we actually have to think about who influences those kids. I mean, who's going to drive those kids to the store where they're going to buy this product or who's going to be managing the Internet access for those, that product information online? It's more the parents. So we do really have to think and spend some time identifying exactly who the right audience is so that that message gets heard, and then ultimately your product or service gets marketed well.
0: Well, and I think um, if I – this is Mark here, Whitney, and I like that these three little acronyms are the right person, the right place, the right time, and and I think of the timing. I just had a, a meeting with our team this past week talking about closing, and uh, I have to be honest, I give credit to Matt, as uh, we've been talking about this lately, is that there's a difference between marketing and closing. And it's so easy to be talking sales and, and be in front of people and be talking to parents. But when they're ready to purchase, someone's got to be there to say, give me your card, give me your money, let's get this done. And I, I don't know, how does that play into the timing and closing? What what recommendation do you give to people when they're trying to close the sale, I guess?
4: Yeah, I think that's a great point that you make. People don't often think about closing the sale. I've seen a really a lot of bad campaigns. It could be a poster, it could be an online ad, it could be messaging on a website where there isn't that clear the what's called a call to action. You know, what do you want that customer to do? What do you want that person to do? Do they need to pick up the phone and call you and book an hour with you? Do they need to jump on your website and download a PDF? So Closing is crucial, and you're right, you've got to figure out when the right time is. Being in the CPA world, I know you guys were talking about thank goodness we're on the other side of sort of tax season. So, if, for example, your target audience is to reach CPAs, you know, the month of April, and you guys would probably say even before March, is not the right time period to do that. And it's amazing how many people make mistakes in not knowing what the right time is to reach their audience. If you are trying to reach, Uh, retail store owners, for example, that have brick-and-mortar locations. Popping into their store to try to talk to them face-to-face during November to December is not the right time. That's when most retail stores make the majority of their sales. So, yeah, I think knowing what the right time is and then also really getting clear on what your messaging is, what your story is, and how you close that deal and get someone to actually buy Takes that step of the marketing campaign a little bit further. You've got to have that. You've got to have that call to action. Get people to sign on the dotted line. Otherwise, no money goes in your pocket.
2: Let me kind of finish out this topic we got here. Since you got right people, right time, uh, with respect to right way. Um, you know, I my kids have a, a business. They sell these these hats. These they're like trucker hats. You put patches on it, and they oh cool. They have a shop. They have a shop on Instagram, and um, and that is the only way right now they have they have they're starting to go into a couple of stores actually but right now all of their sales primarily come from instagram and it's all you know teenage girls
0: or older women wanting to be teenage girls that buy their hats and <laughs> right, um,
2: right. <laughs>
3: And
0: and now now I want to say I'm matter. offended by that. I, I want to say I'm offended by that because just <laughs> this week I reached out to the managing director of this company, which I thought was their dad, and said I need to buy 30 trucker hats. Can you hook me up? No one's called me. I was ready to buy, and no one's closed me, and and I don't think I'm an you know older woman buying for a soccer team. But I you know I'm getting no love over here, Matt. You know I'm trying no, to yeah, help. You, know, you
4: know you're not the target demographic clearly.
0: I guess you're not. Yeah, I guess not. you know.
2: Now, Mark Kohler's the tough customer. He's the one that wants a custom design made. You know, he's, of course, he's always got a special request. So, you know, we're working on a special request department right now. But, um, no, seriously, that's a – But how are they
4: doing on Instagram? Do people know about
2: their – They post post a picture they sell hats. I mean, you know, they've had to develop and figure out how to build a following. But, but that's, I guess, I don't know if that's the way, but that, that is their one tr- tried-and-true way that has worked for them. And they try other things. They try to do a website and everything. Every just goes to Instagram to, the, to, to buy stuff. And I, I don't buy anything on Instagram. I didn't think people use it to buy stuff. But there's all these shops on there that that's the way that they market their products and then people buy it directly in that, in that manner. But that was just an example. I just want to get your thoughts on marketing to someone in the right way.
4: Yeah. Well, I think you hit it on the head. In in my book, I talk about these five different kind of a framework when you're developing your strategies for marketing. And the first one is strategy. Like I was mentioning earlier, kind of getting clear about what your long-term vision is and your goals are. What's the market situation that's happening in your industry? What are the trends? And then the second one is all about story. And that's about your brand and your messaging. Who's your target audience? The third one is strength. And that's about teaming up with someone who's not a business partner but a partner organization or teaming up with your customers so they can give you testimonials those types of things and then the last two are simplicity and speed really keeping your marketing simple and then getting out there and testing it testing the market getting results you know if you fail using that failure for fuel so I think what you're describing is you know your daughter you said you have two daughters is that right
2: yeah 16 and 14 I don't want to run it
4: so they it's interesting I teach at a university I teach undergrad classes and each year I ask my students do you guys still read magazines do you you know use Facebook what social media tools do you pay attention to and they've definitely all evolved more into Instagram and Vine so those are kind of the hottest tools so Mm -hmm. for the target demographic that your daughters are pursuing you just said kind of teenage girls but also their moms maybe and older Mm -hmm. women who are kind of trying to connect so that's the right place for them to be it makes sense to me that they wouldn't need to invest a lot of time and energy right now on a website because they're Mm -hmm. meeting and serving their market in the place where their audience wants to be connecting with them but as they if they choose to grow so again going back to their vision if they're If they're going to drop out of school and this is their livelihood and they're going to go big, then down the Mm -hmm. road they would obviously need to expand because they're going to have a broader market. They're going to need to service that business in a larger way. But right now it's perfect that they're testing it. They're getting sales. I think it makes great sense. But that would not be appropriate, you know, again, for like a a larger brick-and-mortar fashion hipster clothing store that needs more exposure. Yeah, that's we've well, got some entrepreneurial kids and family. Yeah,
0: and if I could interject here too, I love these five steps, and I think I, I would encourage any of our listeners to listening today, please dedicate time to your marketing uh, plan. And and every week, take a minute to think of, okay, what am I doing right now this week? What is my plan? And picking up a book like yours, Whitney, is a perfect opportunity to keep marketing at the top of our minds and to just have it near the bedstand and read it a little bit have your marketing plan next to you and when you come up with ideas write them down Matt and I've said this before and this is a this is a chapter in my book for crying out loud as a CPA I have written this because I've seen so many clients you know it's funny Matt and I we have the wonderful pleasure of literally meeting with new business owners every day and I think that – I don't want to sound offensive to any of our clients. Or we'd never say their names. But it's funny. We talk about this. We have some clients come in with the most craziest, I hate to say stupidest ideas. And we, we think they're going to fail within hours of leaving our office. But we try to be positive <laughs> and supportive. Then we've got and, – and, and we've got clients that have the coolest ideas in the world. We're like, oh, my gosh, how could we You know, what – we've got to th- – this would be great. Can we get involved? We again? need to
2: invest and in that. And then what happens is <laughs> – yeah,
0: and then what happens is the guy with the stupid idea makes millions, and the guy with the great idea <laughs> <Right>. just flounders. <laughs> and it's so weird. But, but anyway, so but what I'm getting at is we see this cross-section of all these new business owners come to our office, and really it's amazing how the success is not always determined by the product or the service. It's that what you've called, Whitney, here, the story. It's the marketing Ability of the owner, and if they're committed to marketing, and this is where people that can sell snow cones to Eskimos, those type of people, you know, yep. that's the type of business partner you need to to take it to the next level. I, I, you probably see this all the time with people that just have a knack for marketing, and those that need to learn it so they can succeed. Right. Well,
4: I'm laughing a little bit too because earlier in your show, you were comparing the IRS to a girlfriend, and <laughs> I was laughing. You know the IRS. She needs a little attention. Don't just leave her hanging for a whole year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but
0: I mean, I was oh, yeah. my,
4: my <laughs> what yeah, are you say.
2: Yeah, the rage you get if you do that—the rage the rage that Yeah, comes yeah. Back.
0: yeah you think an audit's bad. Yeah, this it's worse <laughs> than an audit. Yeah. yeah,
4: But I mean, imagine. I mean, I I was just my mind was kind of going to a playful campaign. That if you're if you're a government agency, and obviously the IRS has to be a little careful with their messaging, but in a playful sense. I mean, that would be a really fun campaign, and that could be a, a playful story to if the IRS was trying to do a campaign to get people to do their reporting on more of a regular basis. And then they could test that out and see if that messaging works. Do people buy into that? Maybe it's one that resonates more with men, you know, male business owners than women business owners. But yeah, the, the story around what we do is so important, and you are exactly right, there's there comes a time when you've really got to turn your ideas into action. There are a lot of great people that I've met as well that have tons of ideas, but they don't do a thing about it. And then there are the people like yourselves who are carrying around their marketing plans, producing shows, writing books, making things happen. So I think it's important. One of those, you know, the fourth step in my book is about keeping things simple. As you said, Mark, what's one thing that you can get done today or this week Maybe it's even this month. You don't have to make marketing so complicated. Sometimes, as you were saying also earlier in the hour, you were talking about your um, newsletter. I mean, people are so focused on all these trendy new things, but e-newsletters can be extremely effective with great content, which it sounds like yours has, valuable content, great stories, examples, information. That might be the best marketing tool you ever have, and it doesn't cost you a lot of money to produce.
0: Well, and I wanted to ask you, Whitney, and I won't – maybe I'll – Matt or or I can share a little bit what's in our marketing plan, but when you help someone sit down to design a marketing plan, what do you want to see in it? What what tips could we give these business owners listening today that here's what your plan should have? What are those bare bones that you always recommend?
4: Well, if you're going to – and you guys know this – if you're going for – an investment, an investor. You need to get a bank loan. You need to have a comprehensive, full, robust plan, business plan, and marketing
0: plan. Oh, of course. But right. when
4: I'm when I'm working with small business owners, and we are just trying to get something done and really get results for their business. Either you know they're really in desperate need of more revenue. They need more customers. They need more followers on Facebook. Whatever it is. I really do use these five principles in my book, which is a distilled down business plan. So the first thing is, as I was saying a little bit earlier, really getting clear, what are your goals? What are you trying to do? Because some people, they get so focused on the end result. Of, I want to hold an event or I've really got to have an Instagram account. And I back them up and say, well, why? What are What are you trying to accomplish? And many times that... End tool or marketing tactic or marketing campaign is not really the best thing that they should be doing. So the first step is making sure that you're really strategic, and then that second one again is all about your story and your brand, your brand experience, because what you do with your marketing really needs to reflect your organization. You know, you you clearly have this great business bringing humor and playfulness and real world into the. The accounting practices. You've been talking about legal tips also earlier in the hour, but how you're doing it is infused with humor and fun. That is a very different brand experience than another type of CPA firm. So that is really important to get clear on. So I spend a lot of time getting to know people, talking about them. Do you have a sense of humor or not? You know, is that appropriate? Um, I also. Play upon people's strengths? Are they introverted or extroverted? If you're introverted, probably shouldn't be hosting a radio show. If you're extroverted, you should be doing that and doing public speaking. Some people love writing, some people don't. So, you know, if you hate writing, why would you launch a blog? Those types of things are important to pay attention to. Um, And then again, who can help you with your efforts, especially for small businesses? You don't have to do it alone. You can get your customers to kind of do a lot of the work for you or give you testimonials, photos, create content for your social media tools. You can team up with other organizations, just as you're doing on your show, you know, to have guest speakers or get other people to write your blog content for you. And then again, finally, kind of documenting all that as you guys have done, putting it in a simple marketing plan. It could be a spreadsheet, a Word document, it could be one page, five pages. And then turning it into action, getting out there, getting results, seeing what works, and adjusting it as you go. So it's pretty simple. I mean, a lot of times I'll sit down with someone, and in an hour, we've we've banged out the outline of their plan. They're really clear on what they need to be doing, and they're ready in the next day or the next week to get started.
2: If I could uh, jump in here, right, that's awesome. I appreciate that quick summary. That was very helpful for me, actually. Um, I'm I'm always curious. Just and you probably have a good perspective in seeing a wide range of, of of customers and people you've consulted with over the years. In that, how much time is a percent of time should I be putting into marketing in my business? It may, for a it may, startup or even an established business, I'm actually more interested in. And then also a percent of money. How much of a of a budget should somebody be? Putting in financially into marketing, um, I just wonder sometimes am I not I think and I want people to conceptualize it am I spending too little time am I spending the right amount of time uh, what do you and I think obviously there's variation in different industries and businesses, but right. what in terms of pr- how much time should be spent in marketing and how much of your budget should be spent in marketing
4: for successful are, companies yeah, I think those are very important questions to pay attention to. I mean, obviously, if we look at larger companies and established businesses, like a good colleague of mine is a senior vice president at Starbucks, and he's in charge of their corporate social responsibility and public affairs. Um, And he was behind that recent Starbucks campaign of "Race Together," which many would say did not go very well. But but Starbucks is actually learning from it. Yeah, it did. (laughs) And and that's an example where Starbucks learned a lot of powerful lessons about what worked and what didn't work, who's their audience, yeah. what their brand is SNL all about. If you get sketch
2: made on it, you know you know no. that the message got out. <laughs>
4: Oh, I'll have to check it out. No, I missed that. Oh,
2: yeah, an SNL sketch on it. It's pretty
4: good. Oh, I know. I love SNL's commentary on pop culture. It's always the best. (laughs) But to answer to your question, um, certainly when it comes to budget, there are these best practices and numbers get thrown around that it should be 10% of gross revenue or, you know, no more than 20%. And then to your question of time, I mean, certainly with established businesses, they do have budget and time. So they either dedicate an internal staff person who nearly is full time and doing PR and marketing or social media, or they have the budget to outsource and have a consultant or social media expert or someone help them. But all that said, you were kind of getting to this. To me, each business, there really isn't a standard I really see I've seen and helped businesses with literally zero budget get amazing results just by doing publicity so pitching news stories to the press which doesn't cost you anything it's not like an ad where you're buying an ad and they got fantastic results or you know like your daughter's going back to their Instagram account I mean that's just requires their time taking some pictures of the product but that's working very well they're not investing thousands of dollars. But then there are times when, for example, I was working with American Express on a new product launch and they were testing out the market in Eugene, Oregon over on the West Coast where I am. And they were doing a massive product launch test. So they had to invest a lot of budget. They had lots of PR agencies, creative agencies, event agencies, branding agencies. I don't even know what their entire budget was. And it's a large corporation. They had the budget. They had the people they invested. And in. kind of like Starbucks, the American Express situation, they they made some mistakes and they learned some hard lessons, which is why they were keeping at a really small test pilot so that they could go back to headquarters and use their budget and resources kind of in a different way. So I hope that helps. I mean, I want, really want people to know that even if you have 15 minutes, you know, if you write a really powerful tweet and – Send that to the right people. That can be incredibly useful. You could use 15 minutes to write an email to a reporter at a specific media outlet, and that could land you you know, an awesome piece of coverage in a print publication online or radio interview. So it just really depends. But I'm, I, I'm, I tend to focus on what can we do with as little as possible? How can we maximize the resources you already have, the knowledge you have, the content you have, and do the most with it to get the the best results.
0: Well, and as you talk about timing and how much time to spend doing marketing, one thing that uh, Matt and I have regularly done ourselves and have recommended at times is making sure that your marketing plan and the the strategies you're implementing. I, I think we have 45 different things that are either on the burner, on hold, or we're actively doing, and they each have a little budget and a goal and what are these things that we're doing whether they're social media driven or uh, uh writing a book or a, a newsletter or whatever so we've got these 45 little things we're doing is i think when it comes to timing it's making sure that it's tied to your calendar that every yes. item that you are going to do it's it's scheduled and that's part of spinning the plates if you don't schedule it it's not going to happen and so we have a daily social media or weekly calendar, like what's going to go out every day, what times, make sure it's delegated. And then it's, it just happens. If you don't schedule it, it's yep. not going to happen.
4: Yep, I agree with you. I think you have to schedule it. So I'm big on in, in the book. Again, it can be really simple. Just what you said. It's like, who's doing this? When's it going to get done? Who's going to follow up to make sure it gets done? And then that the other key piece is, what are the results it's getting? Because I have worked with many, many businesses who love posting on Facebook business owners. And that's great. Mm-hmm. They spend all this time and they're finding cool photos and videos and writing. But is that moving your business forward? Is that really where you should be spending your energy? So making sure you tie some metrics to it as well. And it sounds like, I mean, you guys are right on track. It sounds like marketing activities that you're describing are effective and you've got a big, big plate of them. And if they're not effective, then they're moving down on lower on your priority list. You can focus on the ones that are getting you good results.
0: Well, I love what you said about tracking them. I, Matt and I, we look at the numbers regularly. I know that um, Matt, that's a that's a big issue for you. Mm-hmm. Matt's very detail oriented. I
2: like to. I and I think that last comment uh, you said, Whitney, of you know finding what works and and doing more of what works. You know, I think once something that works, just keep going after that and doing that, and yeah, um, and and laying the rest that's not working to bed sometimes and. And and you know, kind of folding the tape, kind of or folding the tent on it, and just and, and letting it letting it die. But um, you know, I think that scheduling it is. I think for a lot of our existing business clients who are running a business, um, handling the you know the services or the sales or whatever is happening, and just you know operating that business day to day is busy in and of itself. And I think a lot of um, those clients want to leave the office that day and the easiest thing to leave and not get done is is that marketing and it, it can really if you don't do that it really affects your the growth of your business and, um, and I think scheduling it and that's where Mark's really good at, in terms of I don't know how the guy does all the stuff that he does but <laughs> I mean I wrote one book and he's already written three and there I just can't even believe it but <laughs> Let alone all the other stuff he does, but but it's I'm like, how do you schedule this? But he does. He schedules it. He gets it done, and and um and that's what makes a big difference in the marketing. Because all the greatest ideas in the world are, are worthless unless you start putting them into action and trying them, and and, yeah, uh, and that's a, that's true. a big difference in the marketing.
4: And I, th- well, I think we're in this society now where we have everybody can do everything, right? We I can produce my own CD and I can take the best pictures of the world and be a graphic designer. And if you have budget, it's okay to outsource it. And there are great people that can help you do your social media. There are great people that can update your website. As entrepreneurs, we don't have to be doing it all. So that's a great goal. And if you don't have budget, you can get college interns. I teach lots of college students, and they they don't even have to be paid. They're just dying to have some great experience to help somebody get some free publicity or do some marketing. So, yeah, those are great points.
0: And I just want to add to that last point of getting this stuff done. Um, I love what you're bringing up, Whitney, is if you don't have the budget to hire someone, maybe get some free interns, but also just do it yourself. Just figure it out. Do you know how many times Matt and I have said, oh, we need to do this marketing thing, Mm -hmm. and we delegate it, or we hire someone. And Matt and I take an evening and just freaking just watch a couple YouTube videos, read an article. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, we can just do this our freaking selves. And and this is where I quote the infamous – Quoting the infamous Gene Simmons with his new book Me Inc. Uh, and I did go see Kiss last year, so whenever I can quote oh, cool. an '80s icon, I will do so. So, but in your <laughs> book, Gene Simmons, uh, I, I think our to- well our sh- did our well show done. just go to a new low if I'm quoting Gene Simmons? But no, yeah, it's gonna I, be very insightful, I'm sure. Hey, you can this quote guy anybody is- from
4: the '80s, and I'll I'll listen anytime.
0: I'm an '80s okay, girl. Yeah. But I'll tell you, Gene, I've made my kids read his book, uh, Me, Inc., and it is really uh, amazing because the, the, the band that has become the most iconic in its marketing strategy is KISS. And the marketing yeah. strategies that Gene Simmons came up with were unbelievable. I mean, there's been documentaries and books written about Gene Simmons' marketing approach, a poor Jewish kid trying to break into the 70s market and he, had to co- he came up with costumes and the design, the whole nine yards. But anyway, the point is in his book, he goes through that marketing approach, and he said many, many times he just figured it out on his own and just did it rather than feeling like he had to wait to pay someone. And I think yep. so many people could do more marketing on their own if they just got to go out and figure it out.
4: Yeah, and I, but, I agree. Again, it doesn't have to be so complicated. We can do a lot of this
0: ourselves. Yeah, and if you have a connection, Whitney, to Gene, um, let him know. We'd love to have him <laughs> on the show.
4: Uh, I'll see what I can do Yeah, we'd never bump you for Gene (laughs) No, I've heard that his book came out and it's been on my list I mean, I love reading about anybody doing cool business things whatever industry they're in so I appreciate the recommendation Yeah,
0: Yeah, and I'll I'll say this quickly is that the first half of the book is fantastic in hearing his life story from uh, Rags to Riches um, and how he has never uh, drank or done drugs and a lot of people think, hold oh, on, wow. the leads kiss? And what? And uh, uh, now he does have a weakness for the ladies, but, uh, but he has been <laughs> clean and sober his entire pro- It's just amazing. But anyway, hey, in our last minute here, I, I just love this topic of marketing. And Whitney, we want to say thank you. And how can people get more of you? Um, of course, get to Amazon. Get her book. This is, this is huge. Propel, five ways to amp up your marketing and accelerate your business. But where could we send people to get more of your information?
4: And just my website, which is my name, Whitney Keys. And Keys has an extra E, K-E-Y-E-S, .com.
2: Well, thanks so much for being on, Whitney. You can also, I think, you have social media connections on your site there. People can connect with you on social media on your website as well. And uh, thanks for being on the show. And thanks for sharing your book and your thoughts on marketing today. Very insightful.
4: Oh, thank you both. Congratulations on your book too, Mark. And, Matt, good talking with you, too. And you guys have a great rest of your day.
0: Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. We hope to have you back. And and I want to leave everybody with a challenge. I'm sure, Matt, you probably have something you want to say here in a, a last uh, minute. But I want to just challenge everybody, get a marketing plan, write down your ideas, start calendaring them. Just get it going.
2: Yeah, I'm just going to put an amen to that. That's all I got. Agree. <laughs>
0: I concur. <laughs> I concur. I concur. I love it. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in. We'll be here next week at 11 a.m. Pacific with another show trying to blow your socks off with great strategies to save take taxes, build your wealth, and protect your assets. So this is uh, – did I say protect your assets? Why? Anyway, sorry. It's all about the American dream. So please come out next Tuesday and share the, uh, share the link to the show and let people know that we'll be here next uh, to help them succeed. Thanks so much.
1: Thanks for listening to another hour of refreshing strategies to better live your American dream.
0: Don't forget to get your free copy of Mark and Matt's ebooks and sign up for their weekly free newsletter with important tax deadlines and articles at refreshyourwealth.com.